Good morning, church. Welcome. Let's stand to our feet as is our custom and encourage one another from God's Word in Psalm 105. We're going to read uh, verse 1 through 6 together from Psalm 105. Let's read this. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Proclaim His deeds among the peoples. Sing praise to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell about all his wondrous works. Honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Abraham his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. And let's do that together as we worship. Sing this together. Oh, church, arise. Oh, church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our Captain, for now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold, whose battle cry is love, Reaching out to those in darkness. Our call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. And with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. Faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. As the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet, for the conqueror has risen. And as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from his grave, this victory march continues till the day. Every eye and heart shall see him. So Spirit, come, put strength in every stride. 
give grace for every hurdle that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful as saints of old still line the way retelling triumphs of his grace we hear their calls and hunger for the day and with Christ we stand in glory. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for the risen sun. Lift your All glory be to Christ. 
to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan, and it is such a joy to join with you all in worship today. What a great day it is today in the Lord's house. Well, if you're a guest with us today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us in worship, whether here in person or online. We're so glad that you're here today. We'd love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. It looks like this. It's a little card in front of you, in the seat in front of you. If you're a guest and you'd like to pull this out, you can fill this out. This will let us know how we can be praying for you and how we can be serving you. Then after service, if you exit through these central doors, you can turn left, and there you'll see our next steps desk. There, you can turn this card in, meet someone who would be happy to answer any questions for you, and give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you're here today. Well, we're, we're going to join now in a moment of prayer, and as we do... One part of the prayer I'll be praying about is our giving, our offering. That offering will take place later in our service, but I just encourage all of us to prepare our hearts as we think about that act of worship that will come in just a little bit. So please join with me in prayer. Father, good morning. Lord, we, we thank you for a new day that you've given to us. Another Sunday that we get to come to your house and worship you. You are worthy. And Lord, this morning we lift up to you our core value of sacrificial giving. God, when we just take a moment to reflect on all that you have done for us, how you have sacrificially given to us, it's an infinite list of things that come to mind. We think of how you've provided for our daily bread. We think of how you've provided for such sweet fellowship that we need and that, that you've given to us here in this church body. For how you've given to us each breath. We thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that's been paid through your son Jesus, through his death on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for giving to us so sacrificially. And so, Lord, as, as we ponder our own sacrificial giving, we desire to reflect you. As we think about all that you've given to us, the talents, the treasures, the time that you've given to us, these are all yours. And we want to surrender them to you, Lord. We pray that every bit of influence, every bit of Whatever it is that you've given to us, we surrender that to you, and we sacrificially give that to you. Father, this morning we pray not only for ourselves, but we lift up to you Redeeming Life Church, 
our brothers and sisters worshiping you in Utah this morning. And we thank you for this church body. We thank you for the, the loving relationship that we have with them, that we get to partner with them. And we ask that you would bless this church today. Bless their congregation. Bless their pastors, Pastor Brian and Josiah and Robbie. Be with them today. Use them to be a bright light where they are. And we pray, too, that you would give them the joy of sacrificial giving, that you would stir their hearts and bless them as they give. Lord, our hearts also a little closer to home go out for those in eastern Kentucky who have experienced flooding recently. We pray that you would be so near to all the people who have been impacted by this, to the families who have experienced loss, loss of loved ones or loss of houses or, or things. Lord, please provide in these hard circumstances. We pray that you'd be with those who are part of disaster relief teams, those from uh, the Kentucky Baptist Convention and other states. We pray that you would give them your grace. Let them be your hands and feet. Be with them as they share the gospel. And we pray that through this hard time, in this dark time, that you would even shine the bright hope and light of Christ, that many would come to experience life in your name, Jesus. Lord, our hearts also go out to those experiencing health challenges. Lord, we pray for George Scholl, asking that you would continue to bring healing to him. Please be with George and his family. We also pray for Carolyn Bond's grandson, Christopher, who recently experienced a heart attack. We pray for Christopher, for his family. We ask that you would please bring healing to him. And we come to you, Lord, with the greatest sickness that we have, and that is our sin. Lord, we, we come to you with our greatest need, and that is our need for forgiveness. And we thank you so much for your gift of Jesus, your sacrificial gift, that he is like a bridge that, that breaks through what nothing else could break through, the, the great chasm between us and you due to our sin. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you've made for us to be right with you, to know you as Father through your Son, Jesus. Thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus as he died on the cross for us, paying for our sins. Lord, we put our hope and our trust in him. We ask that you would wash us clean of our sins and make us new. Thank you for making us new. Thank you for the power of the resurrection of Jesus and for your amazing grace and love for us. We continue to worship you and praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as we continue in our time of worship together, I pray that we would be reminded that Christ is the confidence, the comfort, the foundation for all that we do and for the reality that when we confess our sins that they can be forgiven because of what Christ has done for us dying on the cross for our sins. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing together of that foundation on which our church and any church is built.
Pastor Sean, and I'm glad that you're here as we open up God's Word together, and uh, we are excited to dive in to see what God has for us today. If you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15 and verse 1, we'll read the first 10 verses. If you'd like to follow along in the translation I am reading from, you can turn to page 928 in the Pew Bible in front of you, 928. We're kind of in a kind of a two-week non kind of transitory uh, in between uh, series. We finished the first 12 books of uh, chapters of, of Isaiah last two weeks ago, and then uh, we're going to go back to the Gospel of Matthew and look at some of the miracles of Jesus uh, starting next week. Uh, and so you want to come uh, for that, but also to invite someone, say, hey, pastor's starting a new series. Love to have you be my guest in that. Last week we talked about commitment versus convenience and how we're challenged to be committed, committed to Christ and his church. 
And in the commitment that we have today, we're going to look at that commitment that it is that we should have to seek the lost. Today we're going to be looking and uh, understanding the value of one person to God. So let's read uh, the first 10 verses of chapter 15. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you, who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the one lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Or what a woman who has 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin I lost. I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word and the, the message that you have given us. That, Lord, today even, though we have maybe read these verses over and over and over again, we pray, God, by your spirit you would speak to us truth because we know in your word there is no mixture of error. In these words today, God, we ask that you would change us. That we came in this morning speak, wanting and expecting to meet with you. And so God, we have met with you in your word. And God, we pray that as we leave this place, we are never the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Back in June, there was a three-year-old boy in Montana who had wandered away from his family's house. In confusion, he got mixed up to where he was going. His family couldn't find him. And there went a two-day search for this three-year-old boy. Of course, over that time, there was massive thunderstorms. Of course, the threat of mountain lions and bear in the wilderness there in Montana. And there was great resources sent to find this young boy. There was a, a human search. There were a ground search where people line up and, and start to walk. There were, there were uh, ATV teams that were used to, to drive out in the wilderness and search. And there were drones used that used infrared technology to find heat signatures to see if they could find this boy. Unfortunately, because of the weather and different things, it, it was a slow process. And many, because of this boy the temperature the weather were afraid that the all hope seemed lost but that did not deter and finally the boy was found he was found not too far but just a few miles from his family's house he had gone into an abandoned barn and and he was found whimpering there praise the lord was reunited with his family and after a warm meal uh, he was fine it's amazing, but not surprising, the great effort and resources used 
when someone becomes lost i know hunters especially those that i that i know that if someone to, were to wander off the trail when they were hunting they would everyone would stop and make sure everyone was was found and known where they needed to be when people are lost we take it very seriously that we make sure that we find them you know as a church we have a very important vision and mission we know that we hold true to the great commission that we are to seek to win people to christ to baptize and disciple them in the name of the lord that we have the mission as, as alan pastor alan said earlier that we have uh, our mission statement is to uh, invite everyone to take their next step towards christ and that's those who are far from god need to come to faith in christ and those who are in Christ to grow in Christ we have a vision to five years to to plant or replant a church and we know that there's an important step that we have to take in reaching people in our community for that to happen but I can't go any further than my own heart when I ask this question to myself am I as concerned over someone who is spiritually lost as I would be for someone who is physically lost do we have the same urgency concern care and desire to reach those who are far from God as we would seek the resources and effort as someone who was physically lost this morning we will look at Jesus and his example and his teaching and hopefully be encouraged to seek the lost now in context we see that the Pharisees and teachers of the law were were really judging Jesus from a distance he was meeting and eating and fellowshipping with tax collectors and sinners Jesus for his part personified his stated mission to seek and save the lost he was around sinners he wanted them to come to faith he spent time with them and he sought them out the religious leaders had a different view of what God wanted they thought that God wanted people like them the cleaned up the righteous but if they'd listened to Jesus they would have found that Jesus said very clearly that there's none of us righteous that we all need Christ this tears down the walls of anything that we might feel that anything that God that would keep us from seeking the lost we should join Christ in his mission to seek and save the lost we should have a heart for for those who are hurting we should have a, a welcoming spirit and joy when someone repents and seeks God Christians and churches should not only be on mission, but should be a safe harbor for those who turn from their sin. When we consider that we were once lost, that we were once apart from Christ. You know, sometimes I talk to those who have come to faith later in life. They say, I think sometimes those Christians around me have forgotten the depth of their sin. And what a miracle it was that Christ came to me. 
Friends, if we have that fresh, renewed understanding of our lostness and reminder that it is a miracle that God came to us, that, that Christ has saved us, that in this same way should drive us, propel us to those, to find those who are far from God. Post-COVID, it has become clear in our world that there are many who are far from God. They are maybe don't care, maybe they've just lost track, maybe they're, uh, they've con separated and far from Christ's church, but we know that there are plenty of people who are far from God and His church. And I bet you even right now that the, the Spirit is bringing up a face or a name someone that you know right now that is far from God hurting lost in their brokenness or maybe you know someone who's isolated themselves from other Christians who's isolated themselves from being encouraged in their Christian walk by being with other believers maybe it's well-intentioned Christians who are maybe even active in Christian life and circles but they're disconnected from fellowship and the church. We are challenged together to have a heart from those far from God, just like Jesus, and join him in his mission of reaching and seeking the lost. Today in our text, we see three reasons we must see the value of one person to God. One person to God. If you're taking notes on your phone or in your bulletin number one, one person being without Christ in community is dangerous to them. One person being without Christ in community is dangerous to them. As this parable opens, in Luke chapter 15, it is a collection of three parables in Jesus' response to the Pharisee. We see the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the prodigal son. Today, we're not going to read the prodigal son, but today we're reading the first two that deal with a lost sheep and a lost coin. Now, parables were Jesus' way of using everyday things to, to speak very important truths. And he used two aspects that every hearer of his day would understand the value of losing a sheep or a silver coin a silver coin with its great financial value and a and a sheep that would its property value and it's and it's important to the shepherd in this context we would have understood the value of these things so let's take a step back for a second because what we normally do is dive straight in and, and think about the person who is seeking can we think about the object of the lost people for a minute? About the status and place that they're in? Let's think about the danger physically and spiritually that these objects are separated and lost. First, the sheep. The shepherd in those days would have someone always with the sheep, all overnight. They would keep them, you know, in those days in fields, and they would, they would camp with them and watch over them. They would protect them from, from wolves. They would keep them together. And we know that the value and the power of staying within the group, if one would filter off, they were an easy target for someone to steal or for someone uh, passing animal to eat. So 
in that moment, we see that the sheep separated from the others are in physical danger. But they're also in spiritual danger. Separated from the shepherd himself. The one who God protects, feeds, supports, all these things that come that we see as a picture that we receive from our Heavenly Father. And this wonderful picture Jesus gave us that, that we see our spiritual nature when we are separated from our, the shepherd that we see in the sheep that we are separated from God, that we are separated for all of eternity, that we're separated from Him in our brokenness and in our sin, separated from the goodness of God who will provide for us and protect us. You know, but we know that it's dangerous. Not to mix metaphor for a minute, but anytime you watch an animal planet show or or some documentary on animals especially if you watch the hunting lion or or some other uh, uh, african thing you see what that lions do is they coordinate their attack on whatever prey they are if they're in a group what do they do they just one strikes to cause confusion so that someone will get away from the pack so that then they're an easy prey for everyone else I think this gives us a great picture of why this shepherd was concerned about this one sheep separated from the pack, separated in danger from being separated from God and separated from the protection and encouragement. And in our way, the same danger can be to us that we know eternally we are in danger when our souls are separated from God and in the same way that we are dangerously separated from other Christians. It is then when Satan schemes. It is then when Satan attacks. It is then when we are tempted to fall away. It is then that we are tempted to give up. There we understand the danger of this sheep separated. But what about the lost coin? Well, the coin that has probably fallen in a, in a home that had a dirt floor, maybe covered up by dirt, it's hard to think of an inanimate object being in danger. The coin's not sitting there thinking or responding. But here's the thing. The coin certainly doesn't know it's lost. And that's the danger. The coin, in the same way, understands the spiritual state that we are without Christ. The Bible says that we are dead. We are blind. We don't even know that we're separated from God's goodness because of our sin. And there's dangerous to know, be lost, but it's even more dangerous to know that you need to be found, that you need help. And in our spiritual state, separated from God, and in our sin, we know that this truly describes all of us without Christ. The good news, the Bible helps us to see that that Jesus is the answer for this. And 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Praise God 
that Jesus the shepherd comes and seeks you out and calls you to himself that his dying on the cross has paid for your sin and three days later he rose from the grave so that we might see he has power over sin and death and when we come to faith in him we are restored to our shepherd God and that we are found in him brother and sister thanks be to God that the shepherd cares for us thanks be to God brother and sister that we know that it is dangerous to be without the shepherd therefore brother and sister if we know the danger that our family and friends are separated from God not even knowing their their loss or vulnerable to Satan and his schemes being torn apart by their brokenness being separated from God and a death sentence this should challenge us all to go and seek the lost to have one person that we're praying for to have one person we're seeking out to have that one person that we know that God has providentially put in our realm and sphere in our neighborhood in our workplace in our school that person God has given for you to bring this good news of Jesus to should challenge us that one person who is alone and separated from God and his church that we should go out to them be like that rescue party to go to this one person so that they know and come to know Jesus but can I pause for just a minute because I know that there's someone here that feels like that lost sheep or lost coin I know that you're here today and that you feel far from God that maybe you've been opening your eyes to your true spiritual state lately and you've been asking questions and you've been wondering if God would really care for me how might I come back to Christ in the state that I am what what can I can I do oh friend Praise God that you're here today because today you hear about a God who cares for the one, who cares for all the ones, who cares for you. You might be far from God, but by faith you can be brought near to him right now. By faith in his son Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, you can come to get to him in faith and be born again and you'll never be alone and you'll never be lost maybe you're here today by invitation of a friend or maybe you've just been searching but brother or sister you are not here by happenstance a sovereign God has brought you here today to hear that you are the one he loves that you are the one that he came for you are the one that Jesus died for and that by faith you can be his God loves you trust in him today and be saved and be lost no longer and number two we must also understand that we must seek out one person because they are of great worth in God's sight we must seek out one person because they are of great worth in God's sight if we read these parables and we see Uh, in verse 4 we see uh, that what man among you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost until he finds it 
Or in verse 9, sorry, verse 8, Or what woman has ten silver coins? If she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Now, a reminder that Jesus is using these parables to teach a truth about himself, but also to expose the rancid hearts of the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Do you think the Pharisees really cared or valued the people who were coming to Jesus? No. As far as the Pharisees were concerned, they were the already enough people in their religious club, their kind of people. And we need to guard ourselves, just in this side note, that churches need to be careful not to assume that they're big enough or that they have enough people that are already Christians. And in a church that I served to, there was a lady that actually in a business meeting said, can someone else or some other church share the gospel with people in our community? Now, I know that that one person didn't really speak for the heart of everyone in the room but that type of mindset can be poisonous to the people around them we have to ask ourselves when we think of this and going back to the parable we have to think well well why is god not just happy with what he's got i mean he's got 99 i mean he's pretty well off in the sheep department I mean, this, this God's got to be fine. I mean, he's got 10 coins. I mean, he loses one. I mean, come on. He's, he's still got none. Why does it God relax and settle for the numbers he already has? Why does he look at the 99 and feel unsatisfied? Why does he clutch the nine coins and shrug off the one? Why go to such lengths and take such risks to secure one more sheep or one more coin? It is because God has esteemed great value on the soul that belongs to him. God has deep worth and love for that individual. God has deep love and worth for you. God has deep love and care for me. These are sheep and coins with owners. This is one wandering lamb but belongs to a shepherd. This is one missing coin who belongs to the woman. They are owned. They are valued. valued. There is poverty that comes to the owner when they are missing there is a wanting in the owner's heart. There's an owner that feels its absence. That's why that person can't remain with the 99, must go the, sh the sheep. That's why the, the woman can't sit comfortably uh, knowing that one lost coin is gone instead of ransacking her house until she found it. Some commentators ask, well, why is this so valuable? Well, some say, well, this might be the woman's all her possessions. And, and so this is a tenth of her entire value gone or it was in that day that there was a a wedding jewelry piece that had 10 silver coins and to, for a bride we know anything with the the wedding is valuable and so maybe this one piece was important but whatever the reason we see that they felt loss and there's not one of us among us who has not combed the floor and carpet threads for a lost piece of jewelry there's not one of us who has 
not ransack the house for a lost key or credit card or or something that we know should be there and we know we can put our hand on it and we can't quite find it and in the same way someone asked me i was looking for a book particularly in my and I, they said well pastor you got plenty of books why are you so concerned about this one book and i said well it's the one given to me by my grandfather i don't want to make sure that i have it why is it so valuable because the value of the owner something is missing something is important and the reason we must go after whatever is lost is because it's great value to god God cares for the soul of his children. God cares for those who come to him. God cares for sinners who repent and seek the Father's forgiveness. The Bidi Anyabwile commented on this when he said, Heaven rejoices over every repentant sinner because the sinner is of great worth to God. The worst thing in the world is not to be a sinner, but to a sinner who thinks God does not value you. The value God attaches to the sinner's soul is seen in the cross and the blood of the Son of God. If we turn to God, we discover that God was not out to crush us, but to save us and make us his own. Brother, sister, I encourage you right now to stop and pray and ask God to give you a heart like his. That you have a heart for those far from God and who are lost. I pray that you would have the tenderness of Christ to be near sinners and welcome them and share with them the good news of Jesus. Brother or sister, there is power in the word that when we read these words, we see that there was something lost and there was celebration when it was found. That there was someone seeking everyone out that was far away. May this be our heartbeat. And let me ask you this, what is going to be the difference for you that you have maybe read these verses a hundred times if you were raised in the southern baptist church you probably that's a that's on the low end you've probably heard this thousands of times but what is going to be the difference for you today in hearing god's word and obeying his word and being more like jesus what's going to be the difference is right now praying for god to give you a heart like his you would stop and pray, and every day, pray, God, give me a heart for those far from you. That you would pray and ask God to change who, what you feel for those who are far from you, those who are different from you, those who are not cleaned up, those who are not righteous yet, those who are not part of the family of God, those who are far away from God, that you pray, God, change my heart so that I can have a heart like yours. Some, I encourage you today to pray and say, God, help me. 
Maybe you pray to be, have more of a heart like our friend Carl Porter who, was, who did evangelism training last week and he revealed, he said, I know that my heart for lost people, that I, that I plan for my evangelism on Sunday evening just like I do my whole uh, work schedule. I know everything that I've got to do each day so I, I'm organized. If I don't organize my work week, I'm not going to be uh, uh, efficient in what I do. In the same way, I, don't, I organize my evangelism because I want to take captive every opportunity i have so i know if i have a meeting with gabe on tuesday that needs the lord i need to think what's going on in gabe's life or in the news or what's going on that i can bring up something spiritually and have a gospel conversation with gabe or i'm going to have a a meeting with some some other people on thursday and and i know that they are nearby i know that i need to prepare and plan to have an opportunity to invite them to the bible study that i'm having in my my home or or the life group that i'm having in my uh in someone else's house that i go to so that i know that i can encourage them in their faith and get them connected to god's people it is us praying and seeking god help me to have a heart like your son Jesus that you pray to have make sure that you're at gospel to every home that you that you're around lost people if you don't have lost people in your life that that you take advantage of opportunities that we give you to to be around lost people and invite them who are far from God to Christ friends I pray that you and me would see our neighbors and our friends and have a broken heart if they're far from God. Why? Because they are great value to God and they should have great value to us. And when someone repents and turns to Christ, number three, we must celebrate when one person turns and repentance because it brings joy to God we must celebrate when this person or when someone else that we know repents and turns to God and and trusts in him or or turns and agrees with God that their sin is dangerous and turns back to him we should celebrate joy is all over this chapter isn't it verse 5 and 6 when he found it, he joyfully puts on it on his shoulders. And coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors and together saying to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In verse 9, when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me because I have found the silver coin I have lost. Verse 7, I tell you in the same way there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. In verse 10, I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. The celebration, isn't this interesting? The, the celebration in the parable grows. It's, it spreads like wildfire. The individual celebrates. Then their friends join in celebration. Then the angels celebrate. Then all of heaven celebrates. This is, a, this is a joyous occasion to know the value of one person repenting and following Jesus should drive us to reach out and be welcoming safe harbor for those who come to God. 
We understand that this mission that God has given us is not some drudgery, but it's a joy to be a part of God's mission, to be a part of his plan, to be a part of his story, one small sliver that we get to be the voice of the good news of Jesus. And the joy becomes, we see our friends, our family come to Christ, and we celebrate, and then our church celebrates, and the angels in heaven celebrate, and all of heaven celebrates when some who are far from God turn to him. Let me go back to those of you who may be here who are far from God. I want you to hear this very clearly. The Father rejoices over you if you turn in repentance to him. Our natural inclination is that when we turn to God in our sin, that God holds his nose and cringes when he accepts us in. But that is not the picture of God. That is not the picture of Jesus. He is the one who welcomes us and joyously celebrates and abounds in mercy to you who would come to him. God is a welcoming father who loves you and wants to welcome you in his arms. As a matter of fact, this picture is so clear that Jesus gave this picture of the father, God himself, later on in the chapter. When he tells of the prodigal son, what does the father do in verses 22 through 24? But the father told his servant, quick, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put on the ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and slaughter it. And let's celebrate with a feast because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Friend, this is a picture of God to you and he celebrates over you so do not hold hold back because you're concerned about your life and your sin because God is abounding in mercy and love for you and he celebrates when you turn to him to you Christian let me ask this question just surgically Are you joyous when you see one who repents and comes home? Or do you stand back like a Pharisee? Are you hesitant because you are more wanting someone to look like you than you're concerned about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? Consider who God loves. Consider how God loves. Consider how Christ loves. And can you say the same? This is very real, right? Because when we know we have to answer these questions and get past that that level of our own self and say, we were once lost in sin. We were once defiled and unlovely. But it's God who made us lovely. We have to ask questions like, does, does God love the unfaithful? Does God love the alcoholics or lazy employees or the person who cheats on their cha- taxes or the person with anger issues? 
What about the people who are proud or the people who use hurtful words or the people who are selfish? Does God love them? He rejoices over them. He celebrates over them. He adores them. Heaven rejoices over every repentant sinner. Christians do too, but Pharisees don't. So maybe there's something in your own heart that you need to repent and ask God to soften your heart towards those who are far from God. Is there something right now that you're judging harshly? Is there someone you need to make room for in your own heart today? See, repentance is a fountain of joy in heaven. Nothing prompts a party in heaven like a turning of a soul and sin to the Savior. Ain't no party like a heaven party because a heaven party don't stop when someone turns in repentance to Jesus. And may we make it our holy joy to seek those who are lost. In October of 1857, Hudson Taylor began ministering in a place in Ningpo, China. Hudson Taylor was a great missionary to China, the father of modern missions, and, and Mr. Ni came to faith in Christ through his ministry. And as he was growing in his faith and wanting to share it with others, one day he turned to Hudson Taylor and he just said, how long have you all in Britain and England known about Jesus? Hudson Taylor replied, well, hundreds of years. He said, well, I've had friends and family die seeking the truth. Why did it take so long for you to come tell us? Brother and sister, we need to not wait, but seek the lost. And today, many of you need to take your next step in your walk with Christ and seek the lost. Just a quick action of something that you can do in response to God's word. Number one, we encourage you to pray for someone. Identify one person today or this week. or to Just identify that one person and begin to pray for them. Brother, sister, you know that God is the one that does the saving, so praying for them is calling out to the God who saves. Begin praying to God for that one person. Share Christ with that one person. Turn a spiritual, turn an everyday conversation to a spiritual conversation. Begin to plant the seeds of the gospel. Call them to Christ. And number three, invite that person on September 18th. We're going to have a come bring one person day invite one day you don't have to wait till then by the way you can bring them next week and then you can invite another one but I encourage you if you don't start now seeking the lost you never will see the joy that God has given us and the, and the value of one person we need to go find for him let's pray heavenly father we are thankful for your word we're thankful for this reminder the encouragement that we have the example that jesus has given us for the love of christ and to seek those who are lost i pray god I, that you would 
change our hearts that wherever it's needed maybe it's something in our own heart that's gotten in the way help us to see and value people as you do we pray today for someone who may be here that's far from you but they realize that in faith they can draw near we pray God by your spirit you would draw them and you would help them to see the beauty of your son Jesus Christ today that would be the day of their salvation as they respond in faith to him God help us to be people who care for the lost just like you in Jesus name we pray amen amen I can testify to you that the day that the Lord started gripping my heart for evangelism and for, for the lost is, is the day that I knew a happiness and a joy of actually sharing. Uh, there's no greater high in the world. And so as we think that way, let's stand to our feet and um, respond in obedience, uh, but from our hearts. Uh, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but trust and obey. Oh, 
Okay, just to give you, that was a video to help you see the value of D groups and how important they are. Our D groups are groups of twos and threes who meet together weekly uh, to talk about scripture together, to hold each other accountable, to pray for one another. Another, and They do it in an hour, some, some a little longer than that, uh, but uh, the goal is for an hour to get together. Uh, some meet before work, some meet in lunchtime, some meet at night, uh, some meet on weekends. It's just whatever's most convenient to get people together. And so we hope that you'll take that next step in your life and be a part of a D group. 
right after our service today, there's going to be an informational meeting. If you've never been a part of one, you can just sit, sit and listen and learn what it's about, um, what's the goals of it, what, you know, how, you know, what does it even look like, uh, and then we can find out more, and then we, if you're interested, we will uh, either partner you with someone that, that needs one. We had about 50 people uh, who started this in the spring, spring, yes, uh, and uh, have been meeting together, and so uh, they're going to start meeting here in a few weeks, and so we wanted to get you the opportunity to learn about this. So uh, about five minutes, if you need to go get kids and child care and come back, we'll meet, we'll probably meet in this section over here after the service and just kind of go through the, the, the uh, details of D groups. So uh, if you are part of a D group and know about it, you don't need to come. Uh, don't worry about that, but this is just for people who have never been or would like to know more about it. A uh, couple quick things next. Sunday is a big Sunday for us, the 21st. Uh, we know that um, many of you are uh, maybe haven't been part of a life group. We're going to be having life group and D group launch next week. Uh, so you'll have people, faces, and D groups, sorry, life groups that you will be able to meet uh, in the foyer, so if you're like, well, you know, I know I need to be in a life group or a small group with someone, you'll get to meet those people and see when they meet and ask questions, and, and uh, they'll let you know how to be a part of that. You can sign up. We're also going to encourage those who are in life groups to recommit next week and uh, make sure that you are with your group and make sure that they know that you're coming. And so next Sunday will be our life group launch. We also know that our children's promotion day will be that day so we uh, i think we're bringing back child uh, uh, grade school uh, children's ministry next week we're also um, going to have the back to school bash that afternoon so this is a big community outreach so we want you to come we are going to need some help so we'll talk to you about that but this is a, a way for us to actually all sunday kind of focus on the commitment to the church are you committed in a life group and committing to reach out into the community so we encourage you to come even if you don't have kids show up to the event talk to people who are here welcome them get to know them and invite them back to church and so uh and get free ice cream you know you can just come for the ice cream and and then invite people to church uh, uh invite people to church first and then get ice cream so uh but um also sign up today for new members class if you're interested in knowing more about Hebrew Baptist Church, its vision, its mission. It's two Wednesday nights, August 24th and 31st. It's coming up quickly, so we need you to sign up and get the material at the Next Steps desk. So if you're interested in just knowing more about the church, this is a great class for you. But also, if you're interested in joining the church, this is requirement, a kind of prerequisite for membership, so you want to make sure that you take part of that if you can. It's coming up Wednesdays, August 24th and 31st. Now it's time of our giving. We've worshipped as we sang and we've worshipped as we uh, listened to the word. Now is an opportunity for us to worship as we give. You can give a couple of different ways. One, you can do so electronically. Right in front of you in the pew is a QR code. Or you can scan this right there in front of you. Or if you're at home, should be at the bottom of the screen somewhere down here. I might even be standing on that i don't know uh but uh scan that and you can give electronically uh we're going to pass the plate here in a minute but uh we want to know that we can give and of the abundance that god has given us and so maybe you've given electronically so maybe you're just going to spend the next few minutes 
uh, just thanking God for that and being in awe of all that God has provided for you. But this is a time for us to give. So let me pray for us as we uh, come to our time of offering. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, all that you do for us. Most notably and, and most important, the payment for our sins through Jesus Christ. I pray, God, out of that and the generosity we see in you, that, you, that we would overflow in generosity as we give financially to your uh, mission and uh, to your church. In Jesus' name, amen. that God would give us strength to do what he's called us to do in our lives. Give us your strength. Give us your strength, O oh God, and courage to speak. Perform your wondrous deeds through those who are weak. Lord, use us as you want. Whatever the test, my grace will preach your gospel till our dying breath. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done, so that everyone might know song be heard everywhere on earth till your sovereign work on earth is done let your kingdom come let your kingdom Christ. Have a great week.